we're gonna enjoy this tonight, but on Friday, we're gonna have another team meeting and we're gonna get locked in on next year. So let's talk about Davos guys. And we bring on the hosts of our Protect the Rock podcast, our great national writer, Nicole Auerbach, our great Clemson beat writer, Grace Rayner. And, oh, we have a special guest later, but right now, the hosts of Protect the Rock, Nicole and Grace. Grace, have you, uh, have you recovered from dinner? last night. Oh my God. Have you recovered from that? I am fine. So there's a photo <laughs> floating around on the internet and Jennifer, our, our editor of our New Orleans site, took it. And so I, I think if you listen to this show, you know how I feel about food. If you follow me on Twitter, Do you, know. you like food or something? A, a tad, <laughs> okay. a little bit. So we went to Galliano and, and that's a place where they have a delicious prime rib for two. A 40-ounce giant piece of meat on the bone. Uh, there's not a piece of meat for two that I can't eat for one. And so I ordered <laughs> the prime rib for two for one, and as I, as I am wont to do, and it hits the table, and the look on Grace's face was a mixture of horror and surprise and maybe just the tiniest bit of awe. A lot of awe. Oh, okay. we recreated it. It was like... <laughs> and then she started timing me. She's like, how fast can you eat that? Because I told her, this is going to go pretty quick. And she said, I don't believe you. And I said, put me on the clock. This will take about 20 minutes. 19, like 1935. Beautiful. Yeah. See, I, I, at least I've, I've put in my 10,000 hours. I know, know where my capabilities are. So, guys, you have been talking about Clemson all season. You know, little old Clemson as Davo likes to say. But this is a team that has been the most dominant program in college football over the last four years. Is it weird that they are actual underdogs in this game? I think it is. Um, I think that it feeds into exactly what you're talking about with little old Clemson and the way that you can motivate and put the chip on the shoulder of, again, a team that hasn't lost in two years. Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost since November 2017. And, and they are so dominant. And I think that um, despite the fact that the way that they beat Ohio State, I think they really gained a lot of respect from a lot of people who haven't been watching them, who haven't been talking about them. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, you use whatever you can do at this point in the year. Whatever motivation tactic works. Um, I, I also think that, like, they necessarily, I don't know if they played their best football. Like, they did not beat Ohio State. It, it felt like they needed an, an acclimation period against Ohio State. Yes. And then once they, yes. once it clicked, they were, they were fine. Yeah, yeah, the second half. The second half felt like an even, even battle. Um, so, you know, we've been talking about that. Is there going to be that slow start? Is there going to be that acclimation period? Um, I, I would think not after having gone through what they did. Um, but yeah, they're definitely the underdog. You heard them at media day today. They're talking about like, oh, it's like we're playing in Baton Rouge. And like, did someone say they felt like they were walking to Russia? Like someone said that. Like someone Dabo like, said it was like playing, or it was like Rocky fighting Ivan Drago in Russia. There we go. Okay. So oh, okay. what Dabo is saying is, is Clemson's going to end communism is what he's yeah. saying. Um, so they're definitely playing all the time. Yes, they are. I mean, this is a team that before Ohio State, they have not won a game by fewer than 30 points since North Carolina. September. Yeah. So they love when you bring up North Carolina. I'm sure they do. Absolutely love it. 
Yeah, so I, and I think to Nicole's point, this is a team that seems to get better when the stage gets bigger, and I think Trevor is kind of the conductor of that train. Let me talk to you about that, Grace, because you, you've covered Trevor Lawrence for a long time now. He seems completely unflappable. Is he ever intimidated? Does he ever seem worried about a game? I, I can honestly say I've never seen him. He's, he's just so steady. He's so consistent. I mean, if there's something that intimidates him or worries him, I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, he's, he's got to be one of the most constant people in college football. He, he doesn't sweat. Like I, like, I feel like after a game, well, he's not sweating. Sweat would make that hair stringy. Or, or like, and it's it always luminous. It always or frizzy. That's like another part. Like, he's not wearing a ponytail. He doesn't sweat. I mean, it's just, it's a miracle. Why doesn't he ever put it in a ponytail? I, has anyone ever asked him that? I, I was going to ask today, but it was too crowded. It's so pretty, though. Like, it is pretty. But, yeah. like, it's annoying. If you're working out. Yeah. But I he, like, I just, he's I a walking he Pantene sweat. commercial. Just oh, he every time he takes the helmet off. He like, goes Moroccan oil. Now. Moroccan oil. Oh, more see, expensive. See, last year he was saying Pert Plus. <laughs> That's what we're here for. That's the Clemson podcast. We will yeah. tell you about Trevor and you. his hair. Last year he was saying Pert Plus. I think he was trying to, that was the populist bent. So now he's, he's now he's thinking ahead to when he gets drafted and oh, has some yeah, endorsement yeah. deals coming up. He's got to make sure you get your shampoo and your Moroccan oil right, deal. Right. For those like on the fence about name, image, and likeness rights, just imagine the ads that we could have had during Trevor Lawrence's college <laughs> career. For his hair. <laughs> it, it is Reason truly enough. astounding. Now, this is this whole rise of Clemson is amazing to me, and we're going to have somebody on stage here in a second who was a very big part of it. But when you look at what Dabo Sweeney has done, from being the interim coach, the receivers coach brought up after Tommy Bowden got fired, is this one of the greatest coaching jobs of all time? I think so. I mean, we, we, we heard Dabo, and he said early on, you know, this is going to be the best decade in the history of Clemson football. And, you know, when you're dealing with someone who just got the interim tag taken off, you want to, okay, like, sure, Dad, right, well, that okay. sounds great. Sure. I mean, but the, the numbers are remarkable. And I know that he, and we've, we've had this conversation, I know he's not quite ready to label it a dynasty, but I think you, you almost have to, especially if they win Monday night. Yeah, I think, I think absolutely. I mean, we're in an era, especially now, where there's like two hot rising coaches and everyone wants them and if you don't get them it's a failure and we're firing coaches less than two years and it's just so unusual that something like hiring Dabo would have worked but even that people would do it and I know we talked about this a lot heading into the playoff that all four coaches were promoted from within but that is super rare it's super rare and that, that it works. You figure it out by at some point though. Yeah well I mean and, and, and in fairness like Ryan Day um, and Lincoln Riley are like they could go to the NFL, right? Like these are those are that name. Like it's not like the unpopular Dabo, sure. unpopular Coach O. But it's just you would think that right, the familiarity of being within the program, knowing what you're getting, knowing them as a person, recruiter, all of those things. But it, I, I, I I wonder if you would get enough time with an unpopular hire these days. I, I that's the thing. Would Dabo survive 2010 I don't, today? I don't think so. I mean, well, I, I don't know. The way athletic directors are going now and administrations are not giving you... 2010 was his, his second full season. Um, Coach K wouldn't have survived Duke. Right. Like, that, that's what's amazing to me is, is Dabo had to make some hard choices. He, he had to fire Billy Napier after 2010. If you don't remember, he, they didn't win the ACC in 2011. They get crushed by West Virginia the Orange Bowl. He fires Kevin Steele, brings in Brent Venables... 
that was kind of, so you get Chad Morris on running the offense, you get Brent Venables running the defense, and that sort of set the wheels in motion for what you see today. But I'm not sure. You, now, once he won the ACC, I think it was okay. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I don't know if he'd have made it through 2010 in this trigger-happy time. I don't, I don't know that he would have either. Yeah, it, it is truly amazing. Now, before we go any further, I think we need to bring on someone else, a very special guest. I think this is the most important signee in the history of Clemson football. I think yes. this guy set the table Agreed. for everything. Ladies and gentlemen, C.J. Spiller. So, little, little backstory. I'm sure CJ does not remember this because there were a million people around him that day. But in February 2006, I was the Florida beat writer for the Tampa Tribune. So I lived in Gainesville, and my boss said, "Hey, I think CJ Spiller is going to sign with Florida State. We need a story. Go to Union County High School in Lake Butler and write a story about CJ Spiller signing with Florida State." I said, "Sure, no problem." So I'm in there. And all the all of your teammates are announcing their choices. You had one teammate going to Clemson, yep. I believe. Yep. And you put on that Tiger Paw hat, and the gym fell silent. It did. It was very silent. <laughs> I think you probably would have heard a rat go across the room. It was so silent in there. Uh, but I think it was, it was one of those things where nobody didn't expect me to sign with Clemson. Uh, they was kind of one of those teams that came out of nowhere. Because uh, everybody knew I grew up a Florida State fan, and then obviously, as you know, being down there and growing up right outside of Gainesville, that's kind of Gator country. So uh, that was right when uh, Coach Urban Meyer was taking over. Uh, so it was it was either Florida or Florida State. So tell us about Dabo at that point, and him recruiting you, and what led you to Clemson in that moment. Well, it, it really started with my teammate, like you just mentioned, uh, Kevin Alexander already had to committed to. Clemson. So I used to always see Coach Sweeney come in and visit uh, Kevin and just talk to him. And then just one day I just happened to be in the weight room and uh, he was just asking me about my recruiting process. And I was telling him that I had one visit remaining and I, I was undecided where I wanted to go. And ironically, uh, it, it was uh, it ended up coming between Alabama and Clemson. And uh, so he just kind of told me, uh, well, do you think you'll take a visit to Clemson? So my high school coach, he played at Alabama. So I called him. I said, hey, I got a coach that want me to come visit his school. You know, what What Alabama thinking? You know, so he reached out to him, and they wasn't really recruiting me. So I called Coach Weenie and told him, I said, I'll come on a visit. So he thought I was kidding. So he come back to the school, and uh, he, made, he made me and one of my teammates, Matthew Jackson, sign his little business card, I guess you can say, that I would visit because he didn't believe that I was going to visit him. <laughs> But when he signed it, he believed you. Yeah. He still so, has it, right? Yeah, he, he still has that same card on his desk today. So after CJ announced, even his mom was shocked. Yeah, and yeah. She we, was mad. We were, intervie- <laughs> we were interviewing you because yeah. she was too mad to talk to us. Yep. So we were interviewing yep. you, yep. and you were talking about, oh, it was the receivers coach, Dabo Sweeney, who, who really made me feel at home. And I go, can you spell that? <laughs> I'd never heard of him before. Yeah, I don't think nobody really never heard of him. I mean, it really was one of those things just came out the blue, but he was a great recruiter. The thing I think I loved about it the most going through that process was he was very upfront and honest. I think uh, I told somebody the other day, he was probably looking back, he was the only coach that recruited me that told me, if you do not like our school, I'll stop recruiting you. And that kind of sat in with me. 
Because, I mean, normally you don't hear coaches tell you, hey. No, they're going to keep going. Yeah, yeah, they'll keep trying to get you even if you didn't like the visit. But he was real upfront. He was like, if you don't like the visit, I'll start recruiting. I'll go, you know, recruit somebody else. So I came on my visit, and I loved it. I, I want to ask you about uh, a little over a year later. Yeah. When uh, So more backstory. Backstory. When <laughs> I, I was covering Florida, so I had to go to every Florida practice and I was driving to Florida's campus one day. I was parking by the practice field. I saw, what did, did you drive like a little Honda Civic? Yeah, it was like, well, it was a green Oldsmobile. Oh, that's what it was, okay. Yeah. But you had like a Clemson Tiger yeah, Clemson sticker. Tiger so sticker. I see a Union County license plate with a Clemson Tiger sticker on it. And I go, well, that could only be one or two people. <laughs> and I'm like, why is he here? Well, maybe, you know, he grew up 30 minutes from Gainesville, so maybe yep. he's got some friends that he's visiting. Or he's transferring. But I'm just going to start asking the Florida coaches about this guy. And so I kept asking and asking, and nobody would say anything. And then they beat Ohio State in the national championship game, yeah. and, and they get all fat and happy. And one of them's like, yeah, I think we got CJ. And yeah. I'm like, okay. So I had your number, and I called you, yeah. and you were driving back to Clemson back to, to Clemson. get your stuff. Yep, yep. What happened when you got to Clemson? Uh, Dabo Schwinney again. <laughs> uh, another salesman. Uh it was just one of those things where I was very frustrated at the, at the end of my freshman year. Uh, we was playing Kentucky in the bowl game, and they was ranked like literally probably last in the country in rush defense. And me and my kind of partner, James Davis, only touched the ball nine times uh, total. And uh, so I was frustrated. I was like, I didn't come to Clemson for this. Uh, so I told him that, you know, I was going to transfer back to Florida. And, you know, I had to have been talking to Tebow. Them. I was actually talking to him as they were getting up, get ready to get on the bus to go to the, the national championship game. Uh, but like you said, when I, once I got in that car and I drove that six-and-a-half-hour drive back up to Clemson, everything starting to start selling in, like, hey, you're starting to make an emotional decision. And uh, once I started realizing that, I said I didn't want to base my decision off my emotions uh, because I didn't want to make the wrong decision. And then he just came to me, and his thing was, why go to somebody else's backyard when you can have your own backyard? That was his exact words. How much of that is him, though? Everybody's like, oh, he's going to go to Alabama. Why would he go to Alabama now and, and be the next Bear Bryant or it's next Nick backyard. Saban when he's the yeah. first Dabo? Because I'm going to tell him the same thing that he told me. <laughs> <laughs> Why go to somebody else's backyard when you got your own backyard? Yeah. CJ's ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. So, so Clemson fans, y'all do not have to worry about Coach Winnie leaving for Alabama because I have the perfect story waiting for him That's to try you. to do that. Well, uh, all right, so the, all the Clemson coaches yep. say that if you don't return that kick in the Boston College game in your junior year, that you don't win that game and they don't get the job. Did you guys have any idea there was that kind of pressure on them as that was going on? Uh, we knew there was a lot of pressure. I mean, anytime you have a coach's change, it's a lot of pressure, uh, especially, you know, Coach Winnie wasn't the sexiest name at the time uh, when they, uh, you know, let him take over for those last eight games or last couple games of the season. So we knew going into that game that it was it was huge. Uh, we was coming off, I think, a two-game losing streak. So we were just really just trying to get bowl eligible. Uh, we wanted to send the seniors out, uh, get them guys another opportunity. So we knew in order for, in order for us to be bowl eligible that we were going to have to beat Boston College. And we knew it was going to be tough. You know, you talk about the salesman that yeah. is Dabo um, and why he got you. But was anything that's happened since surprised you because you knew the type of person he was and the way he was trying to build? No, nah, nothing really doesn't surprise me today what the success he's had. I think he's coaching this team the exact same way that he coached this position when he was the receivers coach. 
I mean, just now he just has a larger body to look over. I mean, he coach him hard. Uh, uh, he doesn't expect anything less. Uh, he knows when to have fun. So I don't think anything surprising me with the success that he has. What does all of this mean to you, to Taj, to Ben Bolware, to the people who kind of laid the foundation for all of it? I mean, it means the world. I mean, I think anybody that's an alumni of, of Clemson will say that this means the world. I mean, you think about, you know, it had to have been 81 since we won our last one before we won it in, in 16. Uh, so, I mean, anytime you see your former school doing great on this type of uh, stage, it, it does something to your heart. I mean, you just feel you feel proud for the guys because you know the hard work that they put in, uh, and then you know the grind that they go through uh, because they still have the same strength coaches that we had. So even though some stuff they they changed up a little bit, but you still know what type of work that they have to go through. So it, it means a lot uh, to see these guys having success. TJ, going back to your recruitment, you have yeah. probably one of the funniest Davos Sweeney <laughs> recruiting stories ever. Yeah. Can you tell the fine people here the story of the tire? Yeah, so it was uh, it was a late night, and uh, he was coming in right before the head coach uh, uh, got down on his visit. So he was going back, and he was in the rental car, and it was probably like 11.30 at night, and he was heading back to Lake City because that was the airport that he flew into. The metropolis that is Lake City, the <laughs> yeah. closest so, metropolis to Lake Butler. Exactly. And so you and you know the road, State 100. Oh, yeah. It, it's dark. There's no service at all. So somehow his t he gets a flat tire. So I'm getting ready to go somewhere uh, in my local town. And I get a call from Coach Twinney. He's like, hey, man, you're not going to believe this. I'm going to need your help. I'm like, what's up, Coach? He's like, I got a flat tire. I'm like, for real? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I was like, okay, where you at? He's like, I'm on 100, this dark road, literally dark. There's no service, there's no traffic coming through there. I'm like, okay. So me and my stepdad, he's like, can you and your stepdad come and help me? So by the time me and my stepdad gets there, uh, a state trooper just happened to be coming uh, that night. And like, Coach Sweeney's like walking out with his cell phone trying to get service. <laughs> like, it was like one of the craziest things that you can experience. I mean, 11.30 at night, him getting a flat tire, me and uh, my stepdad having to go help him change the flat tire along with the state trooper. And I remember him before he uh, took off, he was like, we destined to be together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, we probably are coach because I ain't never had to come and help a coach change his flat tire. So I tell him all the time, he done came a long way now from that flat tire. These, these all seem to be things that you can, when he, if he tries to leave ever, that you can just hold over him. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold all this. I got all these, all these stories that he like gave me. I'm just holding on to them. So I got to ask, though, when he's that guy, the flat tire, the making you sign the card, yeah. did you see this in him? Did you know this was in him? Well, I mean, he's just a great people's person. Like, you just, he just, people just gravitate towards him. Uh, I tell people all the time, like, when he was the receivers coach, like you had other positions that just went into his office and just talked to him about anything. So I think he just had the respect amongst the young guys on the team, uh, obviously myself. And uh, you, so you kind of seen that, you know, he can be, if he got the opportunity one day that he can be a great head coach because he just know how to relate to a, a lot of young people, obviously because of his upbringing and then obviously his story of walking on that Alabama. So, you know, it's, it's hard for him to relate to, you know, maybe a five-star guy because he w wasn't in those shoes. But, you know, a guy that wasn't, you know, a five-star, he can relate very well. But he, he does a great job of communicating. He's up front. Uh, like I say, he, what you see is what you get with him. There's no 
guessing, like, oh, is coach thinking this? Like, he's going to tell you. If you have any questions, he'll let you know. What do you think happens Monday night? Monday night? Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I think these guys are ready. I think, obviously, both teams will be ready. It's the last game of the season. Uh, but I think Coach Winnie gets his, his third championship. Do you think this is the toughest team that they've played in the championship these last few years? Is this the toughest team that they've yeah. played the last few years? Uh, offensively, yes. Offensively, yes. This would be the most the toughest team that they've played. When you look at Clemson's offense now, I mean, it, you were a very versatile weapon. Mm-hmm. But you look at Travis and T yeah. and Justin and Amari with Trevor throwing them the ball. Could, could you have ever imagined that that kind of collection of talent on on are you jealous? It's yeah, I'm jealous. Bad. <laughs> I, I, I give them a hard time. I tell them we probably would have won a couple, a couple <laughs> championships if, if they would have played with me. Uh, I just needed just a little more help. But no, nah, these, these guys are very, very explosive, impact players, uh, can beat you in so many ways. Uh, we've seen against Ohio State with Travis, even though he didn't have a great rushing day, he beat you in the air uh, catching the ball. So then, like you say, you got them six, four, six, five receivers outside. I mean, it's... It's really, as a running back, that's a dream come true because they take a lot of pressure off the, off you. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. we got the Clemson contingent here. C.J. Spiller, thank you for joining thank us. You. Uh, thank thank you. y'all, guys. Thank y'all.